Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast, where you can find a new episode released every Thrive Thursday. I am a current clinical psychology graduate student, passionate about all things to do with mental health, relationships, healing, self-reflection, and other topics that influence us in our everyday lives. I created this podcast to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life and to share insightful and honest conversations with everyday individuals and informed professionals. Although the show is not a replacement for therapy, I hope the conversations had can inspire you to look within, to practice self-compassion, to gain more awareness, and to trust the process of your unique journey. If you resonate with the message of Trust and Thrive, make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. You can also stay connected by following me on Instagram at Trust and Thrive. Thank you for being here. Now let's get right into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Trust and Thrive. I'm your host, Tara Mont. This week's episode will be more of a throwback type episode where I will be including clips from past episodes on the topic of boundaries. So like I said in the last episode, there are no seasons on the show and I don't take any month or two months off to, you know, kind of get some episodes together. But at the same time, I am working on gathering new episodes, having some great calls and getting all of that ready for you all. And at the same time, I don't want to take a long break. So I will be posting solo episodes, you know, throwback episodes until we're ready to share the next guest episode. You'll hear before every clip, I share the episode number and the name of the guest so that you can go back and listen to the full episode if you haven't yet or you'd like to re-listen. And you can also visit the show notes for this episode to find the guest's Instagrams and where you can follow them. You can follow me at Trust and Thrive on Instagram for updates on the show. And you can also leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes if you would like to support. It really, really helps. So thank you in advance. And please let me know what you want to hear on the show. That being said, I hope you enjoy this episode on boundaries. The first clip I'm about to share is from episode 68 with Dr. Alexandra Solomon. Sexual self-awareness, like understanding who we are um, as sexual beings. And the idea here is that the more I can understand myself, the better positioned I will be to really know where my boundaries are, to advocate for what I want and need, to say no to what's not feeling great, and to really create wonderful sexual experiences. This next clip is from episode 76 with Roxana Softia. If all your interactions are negative and you feel drained after that 15 minute phone call, you got to look into those relationships. I think treating relationships past the label will help a lot of people because a lot of people get attached to, oh, I love them. I love them. I could fix them. I could rescue them. But in reality, what comes first in any relationship besides the label is safety and trust and respect, then love. So I think mm-hmm. we got to like flip that and say, do I feel safe? Do I feel respected? 
do I feel like this is a relationship I could be myself in? If you're getting a lot of no's, then you got to start looking into your relationships. This next clip is from episode 83 with Adriana Bucci. Yeah, so I mean, if you've set a boundary with someone and they get mad at get mad at you or they don't respect that boundary, that is like a huge indication that that boundary needed to be set a long time ago. So that's a huge indication that you're on the right track with setting boundaries with that particular person. So, you know, just kind of sticking to your guns and making sure that you are honoring your own boundaries. And if someone doesn't accept it, then that's absolutely the type of person that you needed to set boundaries with. And then processing your emotions towards that when they do react badly to it, because, you know, it's, uh, I always go back to the processing of the emotions, but it's such a big factor in, you know, anything in general, like, especially with this kind of stuff, it's, um, it'll help with the clarity and it'll help you, you know, stop making excuses for them and like, oh, well, maybe I did really hurt their feelings or maybe, you know, they really are offended. But, you know, any normal person that you would set a boundary with, they're going to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I was like harming you in this way. So any, like a healthy person who's not narcissistic will respond in a positive way to your boundary. Someone who's narcissistic, they're, they're not going to react well. And that's just further proof and further validation. If you can look at it in a light where it's further validation that you're right about this person not being healthy for you, then that's a really good way to look at it. The following clip is from episode 86 with Jason Phillips. Yeah, it's, it's important that we be uh, accountable and responsible for our own actions, our own behaviors. But if I start carrying your load and uh, my brother's load and my coworker's load, if I start carrying everybody else's stuff on top of carrying my stuff, my stuff alone is heavy enough. So we have to be aware that, yes, it's great to be compassionate to other people. It's great to be respectful and to show love and empathy. But set healthy, healthy boundaries, because if you don't, if you if you continuously try to uh, do everything for everybody, you may have heard the saying, you, you can't be all things to all people. You know, maybe you can for a little bit of time. But if you try to sustain that level of involvement in everybody else's life and managing their problems, especially if that's not even your role and you're not trained to do that, because what will happen is you'll get to a breaking point and you'll find yourself bitter, resentful. Uh, all of these emotions will show up and you'll wonder, well, how did I get here? Well, you got here because instead of just driving yourself to work, you picked up three or four people along the way and you helped out three or four people who who needed rides and had all this stuff, which is great, you know, in the moment. But over time, you just wear yourself down, not just physically, but emotionally. And it's, when you wear yourself down like that, it takes time and effort to get yourself back to 100%. This next clip is from episode 93 with Dr. Annie Casina. Yeah, everybody goes on that self-love is the best thing since sliced bread and uh, fermented foods. Um, <laughs> but fermented foods are easy. You can go out and buy them. Self-love is much more complicated. So you want to start with the little building blocks, which I was talking about before, like 
starting to be kind to yourself, actually work, taking a little bit of time to get to know yourself. And if you are doing this alone, one of the best tools that I know is Julia Cameron's uh, Morning Pages, Julia Cameron of The Artist's Way. Now, whether or not you want to be an artist, the morning pages doing the 20-minute brain dump, writing out these pages longhand is a really powerful thing to do. It's a way to listen to yourself without judgment. It's a way to actually work things through to get to know yourself. The next clip is from episode 101 with Dr. Sean Fletcher. You can only be 100 if you know what 100 is. That means knowing who you are. That means understanding your identity. And I've done a lot of work in understanding my identity. I understand more and more what makes me happy. I understand more and more what makes me unhappy. And I make sure that I gravitate towards the things that make me happy and try my very best to avoid the things that make me unhappy if I have a choice in the matter. And the things that I do not have a choice to expose myself to, I manage it with care. And I understand that when I need to sometimes tell folks that I'm not joining this meeting today, I don't have to tell you why, but I know that I'm not in a good mental space. I'm overwhelmed. The conversations I've been having over the summer about social advocacy and racial injustice is taxing. And there have been times to where I've had to skip out on other meetings that are unrelated so I can go ahead and uh, revive and, and revitalize myself to jump back into the fight, to have more conversations about heavy, heavy topics. That didn't come without years of introspection, of understanding Sean, to know that I'm nobody's hero. I do have limits. And my limit, I just reached. And now I have to go ask somebody, is it cool if I skip this meeting? And I'm not going to give you an explanation because that's not up to you. Some things you do have to guard because there is a such thing as overdisclosure, which also can be a detriment to mental health. The following clip is from episode 104 with Laura Anderson. Going to a church service may not be <laughs> the best thing for me. Um, and you can do that with a variety of things. And I'm not saying that that makes it easier to like have conversations with family to say like, hey, this is, you know, what I've decided for this year. Um, but it, it can give you confidence to know that you are doing the things that are necessary for you. And I always like to tell people like, just because somebody has a negative response to your boundary doesn't mean that you need to change it. Um, that's not your job to make them comfortable with that. Um, and, and I know you've heard me say this a couple times on this podcast, if it feels too overwhelming to be like, I'm going to do this or say this or not go here. Start with the tiniest thing that feels manageable. This next clip is from episode 108 with Amanda E. White. I think one of the best things that I can say is that if you feel guilty for setting boundaries, you're probably going to feel guilty regardless. 
So if you feel guilty saying no, you're probably going to still feel guilty even if you say yes, if you feel like you want to say no. A lot of times with us speaking our minds is like, it's like guilt regardless, right? Because if we stay true to ourselves, um, we can feel guilty if someone says something, but if we don't stay true to ourselves, then we feel guilty for maybe showing up, not a hundred percent. So to me, it's like, if the guilt's going to be there, we should at least take care of ourselves because the guilt isn't going to go away by bending and pleasing and moving ourselves around to accommodate someone. Like people who push back on your boundaries are probably pushing back out of a feeling of themselves feeling unsafe or you're unpredictable or you've changed and they're trying to control what they can control. But I'm a big fan of, you know, like there's also something called boundary negotiation where not everything is a negotiation, but the closer you are to someone, the more likely you may want to compromise or negotiate with your boundaries. Like your significant other, you may have a time boundary of you may not be available to spend time with them tonight. But if that's a need of theirs, you are close to them. You do help them with their meeting their needs. So there may be something where you say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, switch this around and then I'm going to, we're going to be able to spend time together tomorrow. So I think sometimes people think boundaries are cut and dry and they're like, this is it. This is my boundary. You allow it or you back off versus I think they can be a lot more collaborative. Obviously we're going to have certain boundaries that are rigid, that protect us, um, that are never going to be appropriate. But the whole point of healthy boundaries is that we can move them, adjust them as needed, as things may be going on in your life that, you know, like we're going to change. So our boundaries are going to change and our boundaries with other people will change. The following clip is from episode 114 with Michelle Goodlow. I feel like self-care and boundaries are in a relationship, a long-term relationship. (laughs) You got to have one and you've got to have the other. My favorite definition for boundaries, boundaries are the limits and expectations that we set in our relationships with others and in the relationship we have with ourselves. Our boundaries help us feel safe and feel balanced. And so I wish somebody would have told me this. When I first started in social work, you need to have a very clear distinction between your working role and your personal life. There needs to be a distinction because if, God forbid, your job ended tomorrow, who would you be? How would you describe yourself? What makes you you outside of the work that you do? And again, for helping professionals, especially and especially during this time, there's been a great demand for the work that we do. So it's important to know who you are outside of that because that will help you develop the boundaries that you need. I'm I'm always hesitant to use the word work-life balance or use that term. I think what's, what's more helpful is, okay, what is the line between when I'm working and when I'm not working? So I I think that's such a helpful place to start when thinking about those boundaries. I've had to adjust my own schedule since working from home because the work was heavy, you know, and who was I outside of working, especially now that I work and live from home, man, that makes it harder to, to decide, you know, so that's a great starting place. Who are you outside of the work that you do? The next clip is from episode 115 with Jennifer Rowland. 
Yeah, I think it comes back to the boundary piece and expressing how those statements make you feel, like using I statements as saying, when you say, I look like I don't have an eating disorder, it makes me feel kind of invalidated, right? Um, so really expressing how you feel is important and setting those boundaries. I think for family and friends, recognizing that like you can say to somebody, you know, I don't fully understand what you're going through and I can't, but I'm here to support you and like, let me know what I can do to support you. And then even like coming to a therapy session, I have plenty of people who have brought partners and family members and siblings and, and all kinds of folks, coworkers to their sessions. So having them come in and say like, let's talk about like, how can I support you? What am I doing that's unintentionally triggering? The following clip is from episode 118 with Esther Boykin. I always like to tell people, I'm like, love can be unconditional, but relationships are not. <laughs> there are no unconditional healthy relationships. Like all of our interactions with everybody in the world, we have boundaries. Boundaries are sort of, I, I like to think of boundaries as both the rules of engagement for you and another person. And also when we articulate them, it's an invitation for closeness. And I think very often, particularly for people who um, grew up or are not used to identifying their boundaries and kind of holding on to them or articulating them to other people, it can feel like ultimatums or it can feel like you get rigid and you're pushing people away. But when we're really um, establishing or redefining our boundaries with people in a loving way, it's an invitation for closeness. It's really saying to somebody, listen, in order for me to be vulnerable and close to you and like share some level of intimate connection, then these are the things that I need us to be in agreement on, you know, that we don't call each other names or that there's a certain level of consistency in how we communicate with each other or how often we see each other like in dating. Um, that, that those are basically you say, here's what it's like to be in a relationship with me. This is what I need. Now, tell me what you need. Now, let's see if we if those are going to work together or not. And I think often that's part of the, I think the unconscious or unspoken fear a lot of people have around setting boundaries um, or enforcing our boundaries is if I tell you that I need, I don't know, if you're dating and you're like, I, you say to somebody like, for me, maybe because of how you grew up, maybe, you know, you grew up in an environment where, you know, you had a parent who disappeared and reappeared sporadically in your life. So for you, consistent time together is really important. You need to have a predictable schedule. The next clip is from episode 125 with Sherry Gaba. You have to know where your line in the sand is, you know, what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior. And the truth is we know what doesn't feel right. You know, um, I've had relationships where I was with someone that might've been verbally abusive or had anger issues. And my body would like, tell me like, no, no, this is not what I want. It, it would just, it just knew, you know, instinctively and intuitively. So yeah, you have to know your boundaries, but you can't know your boundaries if you don't know yourself. So even though I would have all this intuition, then it would be like, um, but I don't trust myself. So that's why it all goes back to you've got to come back to yourself in order to trust yourself so you know what your preferences are so you can set boundaries. And this last clip is from episode 130 with Sara Casper. Yeah, I wish I learned consent at a young age. The funny thing is that we all kind of 
have a relationship to consent and learn something about consent when we're young, whether we realize it or not. Unfortunately, like what usually happens is that we learn that it's not necessary because that's what's modeled for us. So the absence of learning about it is still kind of learning about it. Saying the boundary is part one, holding the boundary is a lot harder, the action that requires. And so it's often good if you're setting, I'd say if someone's new to setting boundaries, you don't need to necessarily express it on the first time, but have in mind what you need to do for yourself if they violate your boundary. So, you know, if your boundary is no kissing in public, no PDA, um, if they violate that boundary, the answer might just be like, like, I'm not going to go out. Like, I'm not going to go out in public with you. We can like hang out at your place. Like, and like hook up if you're like hookup buddies or something, but like, I'm not going to go out with you. And, and it, it needs to be in like an appropriate boundary. It's not like I'll never talk to you again. I mean, I, that could be inappropriate if that, if that feels right for you. But if it's someone you already have a relationship with, that's usually not the answer. But something that's just like, if you don't do this, then this is what I need to do to protect myself because you're not capable of holding that boundary. And then you can try. And if they say like, okay, give me another try, then it's up to you if you want to give them, you know, another try. But following through on the boundaries is so important. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Once again, you can follow me at Trust and Thrive on Instagram. You can also leave a rating and review of the show on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps. And please feel free to send me a message, leave a comment through a review, through my email, which is on my Instagram as well, through DMs. Let me know what topic you'd like to hear on the show, what guests you'd like to hear. And I can't wait to share the episodes to come. So thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed hearing more about boundaries, which is one of my favorite topics. And that being said, we'll be back with a new episode next week. I'll catch you all next Thrive Thursday. 